the host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right. Good morning, everybody. It's Max from the Fearless Happiness podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. I'm glad you're going to join us today because I have such a wonderful guest, my friend Katerina. But what I like to do, Katerina, is have you introduce yourself and what exactly it is that you do. Well, thank you, Max. Um, and thank you for having me as a guest. My name is Katerina Martin, and I am the president and founder of a brand design and marketing communications firm based in California. I'm called Golden Shores Communications. And basically what I get to do is every day I get to create identities and messages for um, small to medium-sized businesses and entrepreneurs to help them grow in their business and succeed. And so that's basically who I am (laughs) during the day. And then during the night, I am becoming a fashion designer with launching my own fashion line and a home decor designer where we're designing some nice home decor as well as furniture. So it's been a, a ride. <laughs> Say that. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to hit you up for a new mattress because uh, my wife <laughs> hates the one I picked out. So <laughs> but I don't do mattresses. I'll, I can oh. do the bed frames for you. So yeah, I'm going to need one of those too. Because of my short <laughs> hair, you should see where my head rests. Like she my put it this way. I get a dirty look every time my wife looks at that spot on because she said your, head, your head's greasy and you got short spiky hair and you ruined our headboard (laughs) anyway we're gonna have fun today katarina you know everybody uh she's an amazing human being i got to meet her in person last year correct Uh, last february in 2021 and got to know her a little bit more and and what about and the things she does with her company and stuff like that and currently working with her myself because um i think she's amazing but we're just gonna have a conversation katarina you know like what i like to give the audience right is like not only the good parts of, of of your journey in this thing called life and business and being an entrepreneur, right? Like we always, all of us have challenges, correct? So yeah, I like you to tell the audience, like, how did you get started? And what were some of your, you know, we'll talk about life and business. So like say in life, what were some of your challenges that you had to overcome to get you to where you're at? Okay. Well, how I started, I had always out of, out of high school, I went into law and um, my whole family works in law and medical and working at a law firm just wasn't for me. I was extremely bored reading books and are reading the law books. I'll say, right. um, I like reading, but I didn't like to read the law books and other codes and stuff. So I went from there to a medical center to work in the radiology department. And I was doing this all through college to make money and, you know, extra money and stuff for college and pay my way through college. Um, and it was great. I liked the medical thing, but we also dealt with oncology patients. And so that meant sometimes we lost our patients and it was a little bit too much for me. So I was like, no, this isn't what I want to do. When we had moved from Southern California to Northern California, a um, job had been posted, what I thought was for office work. 
And so what I had done is I had applied at the local newspaper, the Napa Valley Register, and for a classified position, went in and that pretty much kickstarted my whole career. It was literally taking ads to place classified ads, you know, in, the, in their paper. But I kept talking to realtors and outselling the outside real estate department. So the publisher came to me and he goes, I think we need to move you to outside sales. He goes, because you're actually, he goes, you're actually outselling our outside sales department. And I'm like, oh, okay, but I wasn't too sure about it. Cause I honestly, at the time that all salespeople were just jerks, you know, they were just con artists and stuff. And so, but I had gone on a couple of calls and I told the guy, I go, I think you're still a con artist. <laughs> he goes, please just give it a chance. And so they were experiencing some bad things up in a very influential area with the rep that was there, put me into it. And within the year I had not only like doubled their profit, but pretty much it had built some really nice base with new businesses, getting to talk to the real estate community and stuff and talking to them about their ads is where I found my passion for not sales, but more for marketing and branding them. And so I was very fortunate that they took me under their wings, the realtors did, then they trusted me to listen to like, I was like, if you change this photo, if you guys would actually redo your logo, it could be, you know, a better message and stuff. And so I went back to school because I knew that I had a passion for branding. And so I went back and learned design and, and marketing and stuff, took a job in Marin County, their competition, worked there for a couple of years with an arts and entertainment publication, their competition were like, was like, we need to get her because she keeps going against our sales reps and she's outselling our, our department. So I went to go work for them for a couple of years. And due to the change in management and stuff, I started getting pushed out and it was at the end of 2016. And I was kind of like, Oh crap, what am I going to do now? Because the, it was just the, me and the manager just, we just butted heads and I started losing sales because we had to have the management with us on sales calls. And so I was losing, you know, accounts and stuff. And so I decided just to leave because they were pushing me out anyways. And when I did, I had gone to their, their client, one of their big clients that was on my desk. And I go, I've outlined everything for you. Don't worry. Whoever takes over your account, you'll be okay. And so he had said, he goes, well, Katarina, what are you going to do? And I go, well, I'll find a job. I go, I'm going to go look for, you know, another job. I go, if you don't mind, could I use you as a reference? And he goes, yeah. He goes, but he goes, you're not going to look for a job, Katarina. He goes, you're going to start your own marketing company. And I go, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, he goes, you're going to start your own marketing company. He goes, and we're going to be your first client. And he had mentored me through like all of the, you know, he had mentored me through before he passed away um, a year and a half later, but he was like, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And I had changed it from marketing to a full brand design because he had put me in contact with some pretty influential people who have designed for Glad and Ziploc and Oreos and, you know, Nabisco and stuff. And he's like, listen to what they said. So I would listen to how they presented themselves to their clients and stuff like that and what they were building for their clients. It was never about them. It was always about their client. And I built it from there and kind of just then we are now in our fifth year for Golden Shores Communications and going into like we do a niche, we deal with, we work with a lot of grocery stores and, and food and home improvement from flooring people, from painting contractors and stuff and entrepreneurs and, you know, and public um, figures. And it's been an amazing ride because every day I get to help them succeed and I get to help bring something to the table for them. And at the end of my life, that's all I care about is when I'm standing in front of God, just saying, I understood your assignment and I helped people, you know, like I'm like, right. you gave us an assignment and I did what you told me to do. I actually right. helped people succeed. And that's all I, that's all I really care about is, you know, the money will come, you know, and accounts will come. But if I can make sure that each of my clients become multi-million dollar clients, or they become extremely successful and live what they, you know, what is setting their soul on fire, then I've done what I'm supposed to do. And that's where I'm just like, I'm having the greatest time of my life getting to work with these people because they're succeeding. And at the end of the day, they're happy. They're, you know, they're making money and stuff. And I love that. I know when you heard that 
from your mentor, right? Like, no, you're going to start your own. I'm sure you went, wait a minute. What did he say? (laughs) Right. Because we're taught, right? Like go get the nine to five work for 30 years, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you know, the group that we belong to the network we belong to, which is amazing, right? That like, they're totally the opposite. Right. And like, no, don't do that. Yeah. You go become your own boss. You go start your own business. You know, they teach you about how to handle money, you know, your personal life group, people that you surround yourself with, how to invest and right. Which I'm like, well, I'm going into two years now, come next month, yeah. March. And it's been one of the greatest experiences, right? Because I've got yes, to meet people yes. like yourself and, and and the group, you know, the people that we hang out with. So, but people don't. Group. Yeah. Right. What a phenomenal you know? group. I say that. And I mean that with all my heart. It's like what, because before, and I would say this before Apex, I didn't really, you know, like I, like you said, I was always trained because my mom was like, play it safe, Katarina, you know, don't, you know, you always have to make an income. And then when I came into contact with Ryan Stuman with, from Apex and listened to, I think it was one of his podcasts or a video, but he's like, he goes, you have every right to go after everything you've ever dreamed of. And I was like, holy smokes. Okay. You know, and it kind of like woke up my eyes. And then when I went to the event where I met you, that was my first event too out there what a phenomenal group of people like that I came into contact with and that I got to meet. And like I said, I signed up for Apex because here was a man who turned his complete life around, which, mm-hmm. you know, that I have mad respect for because he literally could have kept going down a wrong path, but he was like, no, that's not for me. I'm go- I know I'm supposed to be great and picked himself up when everything was against him and made himself great. And then, you know, gave back by teaching people what he had learned. And so listening to, I wanted to, knowing that I wanted something more for my life, listening to those lessons was phenomenal because I was like, okay, but when he had said in, in that video, well, you, you have every right to go after everything you ever wanted and don't stop. I was like, whoa, okay then. So we will not only have this brand of marketing firm, but we're going to go after those other two firms and we're going to help everyone else do it too. Right. And so it was, it was like, you know, and I, and I, you know, I was telling a client last night, I'm like, if you don't follow him, just listen to what he had to say. Because like when he had said, one of the things that really stuck with me and which I did is he goes, start joining clubs and stuff with the audience you want to be around. And I was like, okay. And so, you know, recently we signed up for golf lessons because the audience that I want to be around and the audience I want to go for, they're always on the golf course making deals. So I'm like, I need to be on the golf course, even though I don't like the sport, I need to be on the golf course. I signed up for like a, a like a, a rowing club. I signed up for a country club because of the simple fact that those people are the audience that we want to be influenced by. And so having said that, you know, we didn't grow, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up very, very poor, you know, because of my, the, the partner, my mom chose, who was my father and going through that, but I understood like what he had to teach and some of the people that he was surrounding us with, you know, from Dan Fleischman to Sean Whalen and stuff and some other people that it was interesting. It was just very, very you know, like listening to how their struggles were, but seeing what they were building that I was like, okay, well, if they can do it. And if I just listen to how they're, you know, listen to the lessons they're trying to teach, I can step further than, you know, what I've ever dreamt that I could do. Absolutely. Yeah. See, and, but a lot of people don't understand. I think this is what I've come across, or at least we see it on Facebook, right? Everybody thinks like some of the, like the people like Ryan's their overnight successes, right? But they don't hear the backstory of how many years it took them to get there, right? Or mm-hmm. like you, you're five years in, you know, and you're still building your business and doing the work, right? And me as a two-year entrepreneur, you know, I'm just at the beginning, right? But I'm understanding, right? So if my 20 years of Everything I've done in my addiction, everything leads up to me being successful. I know I'm not 
right? Uh, uh, an overnight success story, right? A lot of blood, sweat, yeah. and tears, right? Whether it's personally or in my business, right? So like, if you want, if you would like share, like personally, like what you've had to overcome to keep going, right? Because we know we've, we see it all the time. A lot of people quit. Some things get uncomfortable, right? You share what you want, but I've heard your story with, that you've shared with me, right? And you've heard mine and we know like those are those lessons, right? Even though at the moment we're like, okay, God, I don't like your sense of humor, but I think you need to stop, right? Um, <laughs> right? But I'm going to stick with you because I know you're trying to teach me something, right? And that's- yeah. There's a lesson here. Just don't, <laughs> yeah. don't let go of my not, hand, God. Right? Even though I'm not ready, right? And it took me, I was so hard headed in the beginning of my recovery, right? Like I'd always pray for patience and I'm going to give you an example. So I'd always tell my, you know, hey, I tell my mon- mentor, my sponsor and say, come on, Daryl, man, look, I'm praying for patience, man. And I do not like it. He started laughing and he goes, I forgot to tell you, don't ever pray for patience because you're not going to like the way God gives it to you because he's going to give it to you, but you're not going to like it. And I would see, as I look back these times, I would ask for patience, right? And the, yeah. the, the, the obstacles or the challenges or the struggles he throw my way. So now I just go, okay, I get it, God. I got patience. I don't need your help, right? So share with the audience, yeah. like some of the struggles <laughs> personally that you have gone through, right? To get where you're at today, because you could have quit a long time ago when things got tough. Well, yeah. And like I said, um, we've had, I think since, since birth, we pretty much have had a stigma. My father is in, um, a convict. I mean, he's in jail and he has been my whole life. And so I was raised by a single, a single mother who worked for, she worked in the courthouses, works for some pretty big law firms. Um, she was always on the right side. He was always on the wrong side because of who our father was. We had a lot of judgments pushed towards us, some very unfair, unfair judgments. Kids were not allowed to play with us because my mom was a single mother. People were like, always tell me, my brother, they're never going to amount to nothing. They're never going to amount to anything. They're, oh, you know, watch, she'll be pregnant and have like, you know, 10 kids by the time she's 25. I remember people saying, saying that. And, <laughs> oh my you know, God, and really? So, yeah. Holy and shit. like, really, no, like really said that. And they yeah. would always say like, he's going to be just like his father. And my brother did. My brother, unfortunately, you know, did let that get into him. You know, he got into a lot of trouble, had struggles with alcohol and drugs. Did that make him a bad person? No, he, you know, there was so much full potential. Um, when I tell, when I tell the story, I think when people ask me, you know, what was it like with your brother? I go, he was the greatest gift my parents ever gave me. And I, and I say that now that he was, and he always will be the greatest parent, the greatest gift that my mom and my dad gave me because he was my best friend, my greatest confidence. And we were the, the team, like we always had each other. It was, you know, because the world was, I mean, people were really judgmental towards us and stuff that it was beyond our control. You know, he was our dad. We didn't pick him, but they were very unfair to my mom too. You know, and so, so she, we were like this tight knit team. I always like tried my hardest in school. I struggled because I had like a reading, a reading disorder. So that's why I like to read because I wanted to overcome that. I always stayed on the right side, kept my head in the books because I was going to prove to those people that told me that I was going not to amount to anything that I was going to be like, no, I will. Um, In my senior year, at the very beginning of my senior year, I was getting ready to apply to Boston university. My, all of our friends were getting ready to go to college and it was a really great time. And a month into my senior year, my brother was shot and killed. And so when I say that, when I tell people, when you go through that, somebody who was your greatest confidant and your greatest, you know, friend to have that pulled from you was the greatest struggle. Cause I left me to think, oh shit, now what do I do? Because the one person that you relied on to always be there for you was completely gone. And when I say, did I struggle through my faith? Yeah. Cause I did question God, like, why did you take him? Why did you have to take him? Couldn't you have taken anybody else? <laughs> you know, like, why did you, you know, couldn't you have taken my dad? I mean, like, seriously, you know, and I, and I say that 
you know, and I was judged for saying that, but I was kind of like, I'm sorry, but that's how I felt. You know what I mean? And so I ended up not going to Boston University because we went from being a family of three and I just couldn't leave my mom at that time. And even though she told me, she's like, you got to keep going. You got to keep going, you know, and she was a pillar of strength because we literally buried him on a Friday and she was back to work on a Monday. And was her heart completely broken? Yes. But what she wanted to do is to be an example for me that even if you're walking through your darkest hours, Katarina, you have to pick yourself up and you have to keep going. And when I say that we were going through our darkest hours, we were, you know, it was, mm. we were, um, the, the thing, it went into the press that he had killed himself. And it, if that wasn't the case at all, um, later on down the line, they, you know, the police were like, no, you're right. He didn't. There's evidence that came out and, but the image had already been out there. And so going through that in society, um, we had a lot of people um, in our community that sent us cards that were like, we're really, really sorry for your loss. Did we want to be the spotlight for this? No, but you know, we had, what it, it did is some of our friends went back and started to become closer with their families. And they started to realize the value of your family because everyone looked at us like, oh, they have a great life. And then all of a sudden this came out and it was like, no, we, you know, we, st- we struggle like with everybody else. For me, it really played some hard struggles for me because I never had my dad. I only had this little boy who was like my everything. And all of a sudden within a heartbeat, three days after his 17th birthday, he was taken from us. And so it was really put me, you know, where I'm 18, getting ready to go to college college, it put me into a whole tailspin of like, now what do I do with my life? You know, I don't have that, you know, support system anymore. And my mom was great, but we became extremely closer too, because in high school, we weren't close. And the one person that kept us close was him. So with him gone, it was like, okay, now we only have each other and you got to talk and you got to, you know, and, but she wanted, she had pushed me to become greater. And so going through that, I just kind of like was, I really went through a self-discovery of how I would go through. Um, when you lose somebody from like a violent crime like that, it, it throws you into a whole tailspin. It really, really does because you don't realize just how precious life was. And I didn't realize what a great gift I had with him until he was gone. Right. And so that was, you know, and I really didn't, I didn't realize. And that's, that was also a big struggle I went through um, when we went to. Um, so when we left Southern California, it was kind of just to get away from it all for a while to get away, you know, to, it was like five or seven, I think it was five or seven years after we had lost him. We finally decided to move to Northern California and to get, just have a fresh start and get away from all of it because things were reminding us of, you know, like if we went to grocery stores or if we went to restaurants, you know, that, you know, people would be like, if we were still in church, you know, people would kind of look for him and it was like, we needed to heal and we needed to go on. And when people ask, they're like, do you ever heal from it? You don't, you just learn how to deal with it. You never get over the loss of something like that. You learn to live your life in a different way. And, you know, but it's like when God, when I used to say, well, God had a serious sense of humor, he really did because he took something that was so much to us and took it completely away. Um, do when people go, well, aren't you mad at God? And I go, no, because when I really look back at it and everything, my brother, the, all the judgments and stuff my brother had to go through, I realized God saved my brother. He really right. did save my brother through, through all of it. He, you know, and going through that, I, I think to myself, do I believe he's in heaven? Yes. Do I believe in heaven? Yes. But do I, do I, does that mean that I wish, even though he saved him from like a lot of hardships my brother was going through, do I wish he was here every day with us? Yes. It's still harder when I walk into um, Hallmark sometimes because I still do buy paper cards. <laughs> So do when I. you walk in, I'm the guilty. Store, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I love to send the cards. I love to send greetings. Yeah. But when I see the cards that say to my brother and his wife at Christmas or, you know, to my nephews and stuff, I realize we didn't get to see him graduate. We didn't get to see him get married and stuff like that. And is there sometimes a pain still after 27 years? Yeah, there's still a pain. Absolutely. But you have to learn, you have to learn that, you know, 
sometimes life is going to be unfair and sometimes life is going to be cruel. Um, and you have to kind of maneuver around that and how you get through that. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And it, it just, it kind of is, is that um, we, when we came back up here, we went through, you know, I won't say that it was like all sunshine. We went through some hardships up here is I was married. And when you say, you know, what was another thing I was married, we were together for eight years. It was a great relationship when we were dating. Did I see the red flags that were there? Yes. Did I choose to ignore them? Yes. <laughs> and that was my, you know, that's, that was my, my fault, nothing on him. But when we got married, things took a different turn. And you and I had talked about this. One of my biggest struggles was when people ask me, you know, why did you leave your marriage? Well, because I had to save my life. Right. You know, I'm very happy that I, I made it out alive because not so many people are fortunate enough to, to have to go through that. But when I say that it, it saved my life, it did. It, there was a time, there's times in, in my marriage or in my relationship with that man that were beautiful. I learned a lot from him and things were really, really great. And I still, to this day, no matter what happened at the very end, I wish him the very best. And I hope he's very happy and has worked on his issues. But at the end of the, the relationship, I didn't deserve what was going on. And that's where I had to pick myself up. When I realized there was a time in my in my marriage, we had gone through marriage counseling um, and the counselor even told me, she goes, oh, sweetheart, she goes, you're doing all the work. She goes, you have to get out. And it was still hard to hear, but God gives you your messages. And in, in the end, he was giving me messages. Was I listening? No. Should I have cleaned out with a Q-tip in my ears? Yes. Because <laughs> he was literally giving me some, some messages and I didn't listen, but did I deserve what, what, what happened after that? No. Like I said, do I take responsibility for my part in the relationship part of, of not listening to that? Yeah. And like I said, I still wish him the very best and hope he's having a beautiful life. But in the end, like it, it was just for the better. And to go through that too, because I always had believed that if I had gotten married in the church, if I had gone, you know, through everything I was supposed to, that it would have succeeded, you know, not realizing that two people have to put in their hundred percent. Right. And so <laughs> right. I kept putting in all of my work and stuff. And, but my, I didn't realize how bad my parents' divorce affected me until I went through my own. And then it realized how bad it affected me that my dad was never there. And so having that, the, the end of a relationship where I think I, I told you this, nobody, anybody who goes through a relationship that where your heart is into it and you end it, you don't come out of it going, yay, that was fun. Let's do that again. <laughs> yeah. You're you like, yeah. Know. I'm ready yeah, next. No. <laughs> yeah. You really don't. You're kind right. of like, holy crap, that hurt. Right. And I'm shattered now. And this like really hurts. And because it was something that I always wanted, you know, I, I always wanted to have that strong base of a relationship and, and think, did I look at some things the wrong way? Yes. Have I learned? Oh, heck yes. And yeah, I will, I will say this. Ryan was a, a big thing too. Like after it's been, I joined Apex, I think five or no, it's been seven years um, into my divorce that I joined Apex. And there's an exercise he has us do where you have to write your ideal person out. And so I took a Saturday and took a journal and kind of wrote about what I wanted for myself, but also in a relationship. And then there were some things I saw that I was like, okay, you never expressed that. You never communicated that Katerina. Was that, you know, do I, did, was the guy, the, the, a mind reader? No, but at the end, there were things like you just don't, you know, you just realize don't settle anymore and go with that. And so, you know, what is it painful that I, that relationship ended? No, because I learned so much from it. I'm yeah. thankful for the experiences. I'm thankful for, I'm very thankful for everything I had gone through, even the hardships and the abuse. That's okay because it made me, and like I said, I'm very thankful to God that I made it out alive and that right. I'm able to, you know, be able to learn from that 
and make it better for maybe other women that, you know, or even men that are in in a situation where they feel like they can't get out of. And I mean, it was very hard and life shattering for me to go to my family and say, I'm in this predicament and I need your help because I don't know how to get out. Um, I never am a person that asks for help. So when I do ask somebody for help, they're like, listen to her. She, you know, (laughs) she's asking for help. And so going to them, you know, and I, and I remember telling my mom, I go, I'm so sorry. And so she goes, no, we're sorry because we did not see the signs. And, you know, but it was to get to be able to, you know, just say, okay, you know, and like I said, it took me some time to heal, you know, it took me some really strong, you know, life lessons and some hard, hard truths about myself to realize, you know, that I did, I do deserve better. It took me some hard lessons to, you know, things of stuff I put up with that I shouldn't have put up with and to know my worth and to know what I'm worth of, you know, what I'm worthy of. And so I don't regret any of it because it taught me a lot and I learned a lot from those lessons on how to move forward. So, so yeah, so that, that's, you know, like I said, it was some hardships when you lose, when you lose things, when you lose people in your life. And when you go through some of these hardships, I realize there are some lessons here and there's a, every day I always tell God, there's a lesson here. I know it. Please just open my eyes to it because there is something you're trying to teach me and maybe, and you know, when, when we got divorced and it made, I never talked about my side of the story because I'm not a person that, you know, is very open and I don't kiss and tell as you would say, but he did tell his side. And how I knew is people started messaging me, people that were just nasty. You know, I've always been very strong in my Christian faith and there's just things I, you know, do and don't do. And he had told his side of the story. And so one of the women who she was always not very nice, but had decided to send me a, DM over Facebook that goes, well, well, princess, what must the church think of you now? And I was like, okay, well, I've never been perfect. I never say I'm perfect. If you're looking for perfection, I'm not the person for you because I am not perfect. But to to say that, and that was my first time also with my divorce to learn what online trolls can be like and how people can really hate on you when they had no idea of what you were going through. And it was okay because, you know, one of my friends, she's like, you need to tell your side of the story. And I go, no, I'm not. I go, it was, it's personal. It's private. It's between me and him. He has more, you know, he's a big boy. He can tell what he wants to, but at the end of the day, I know the truth. He knows the truth. And so does God. And there's three sides to always every story. Um, When people tell me stuff about other people, they're telling me their side of it or their vision of it. But I always tell people, I'm like, before you hear gossip about somebody or before you learn, remember, there's three sides to the story. There's one side, there's the second side, and then there's the truth. Right. And always, you know, and I always try to realize that when I hear things about people, I'm like, okay, so is this the truth? You know, are you just, you, I don't try to buy into it because it doesn't help anything. And it doesn't help the world to become a better place. So. Oh. Right. And I appreciate you sharing that. That's card. Cause I saw you, you know, you're like me, you tear up when you talk about my talk about your brother and you know, the story of my brother. Right. And yeah. that's hard. Right. And, and in the beginning, when people would say, just move on, I would get so angry. Like, excuse me, what did you just say? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't move on from that stuff. You move forward, right? You, like you said, you learn how to live with it and go around it. Right. But you never get over it. Um, And that's why I think we connected like instantly, like we have similar stories, you know, maybe just a little bit different, but we've been through some stuff. Right. And that's why I wanted to bring you on and have you share your story. Right. Because there's people out there, like we've talked about that are too scared to share their story, or maybe they're still stuck, you know, in that bad relationship or someone passed away. Right. Mm Because. I can't wait to meet your mother. She sounds a lot like mine, right? My mom was hardcore. Yeah. 
you know, growing up, like you're going to do it this way. Like, but she always did it because she showed, she did it with her actions, right? She didn't just tell me you need to be this way. I watched her. She raised two, you know, seven kids total, but the two youngest ones, you know, for a long time. And like you, my brother was like my best friend, you know, even though during our addiction, we couldn't stand each other, you know, right? Because, but when we got sober together, right, it it all changed. We, We became close brothers again. And, you know, I want the audience to know, like, it doesn't matter what you've gone through, right? Yeah. As long as you, you keep an open mind, right? To whatever the universe, God, Allah, whatever you call it, right? The power that be he, he uh, you know, whatever, or she, whatever, right? Yeah. Is trying to teach you something, right? Because like, like with me, I'll just give you my example, right? Like until I learned the lesson about like the ideal person I wanted, like it was never going to happen, right? And then I always got into those relationships where it's like, oh my, God, here we go again, right? But I was too chicken to stand up for what I wanted, right? So I'd always be the runner. Whew, see ya. There goes Max, you know, road runner. Poof. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and then till I, you know, actually did that exercise actually before Apex, someone told me to do that. What is your, who's your ideal person, right? And at 48, I meet my wife, like this July, we've been together for five years, right? October will be six. And she's just, she's my best friend. She's my everything, right? She's, she's the one that kicks me in the butt when I need it. Right. And, uh, but, but it was, it didn't happen until I was open, right. To own my side of the street, you know, and clean that up and then own my part. And then God put this wonderful person, you know, and I know that's going to happen for you again. Um, So thank you for sharing that with the audience. Cause I want the audience know, you know, like, (laughs) It doesn't, you don't have to be this big celebrity that shares a story on TV that they went, us people, everybody on this planet has gone through some struggles. And, you know, my goal is to help everybody find their fearless happiness. So this has been amazing so far. I love it. You know, Miss Shy over here was like hesitant to come on for a little bit, but I'm glad I got her on. So I have this question I want to ask you, but I want to ask it in the right way. Like being down, like you said, in that last year marriage, right? I'm sure there was moments where you have thoughts of like, okay, God, just take me away and it'll be easier that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, take him or whatever the case may be, just like help end this, right? Because I can't go on anymore. Um, and this is what I love to show people is, is the grit of the guests I get on here. Like, so tell me like at your lowest moment, what was that turning point for you that you said enough is enough and I'm done. Like I'm going to move on or move forward and I'm going to yeah. change the way I look at the world. I'm going to change the way I look at people and I'm going to grow from here, right? Because a lot of people go the other way. Yeah, for me, it was, um, and I'll never forget the night we I was on a, it was during the day I was at a golf course tournament, we I was volunteering with um, a chamber that I was a part of. And when a, a woman who I'd really respected, we were sitting in one of the carts on the golf course, you know, being judges and stuff. And she goes, what was your relationship with your dad, Katarina? It had hit me like, a, like a horse kicking you. Like, cause then it it, it registered, like you're having these issues because you haven't dealt with issues about your dad. Mm. And so, um, and the counselor had already told me, she's like, you've got to leave. She's like, it's not going to get better. But I was like, no, no, God will tell me when it's time. Um, Because I had said, I'm like, God hasn't given me that sign yet. However, I wasn't praying about it at that time either. Um, I prayed daily, but I didn't pray. Like, show me the sign that my marriage is over. So we had had a conversation and at the end of that, the tournament, there was a big dinner and I had won tennis tickets. And so I was so excited to go home and I was like, Oh, we're going to go to this tennis tournament. You know, hopefully we'll get to see, you know, uh, Andre Agassi and, you know, cause they were all excited <laughs> to be there, right. you know, they're in retirement and stuff. And so I was really, really excited. I had won these tickets. So I was driving home and the whole time home was when I prayed. And so I was praying to God, I go, please, God, 
if my marriage is supposed to be still, show me a sign, God. I will listen to you this time. And I'm sorry, but please just show me, God, a sign. So a year, so we had got, I got, drove home, whole way home. It was like an hour drive. The whole way home, I kept praying to him. You know the message, God, just please give me a sign. Right. So I get home, I get home and walked in the door and he was already home. And so I had turned to him and I'm like, you won't believe it. I'm like, I won these tennis tickets. And I'm like, we can go to the tennis tournament this weekend. He immediately shut me down. And he goes, no, he goes, I don't, he goes, he goes, you're not listening. He goes, I don't want to go. And I'm like, so can you tell me why? And he's like, he's like, because I did that with my first wife. I don't want to do that again. It, you know? And I'm like, okay, there was a sign. And so, and I knew, I, I knew it. it was like, you had promised yourself that you were going to listen to what God had to say. And so I went into the bathroom, like I had done every, every night for this last year relationship. So I literally um, just cried it out and I go, okay, God, I got it. I really got it. Um, so I went to bed that night, got up the next morning and I just go, Oh, good morning. And he goes, yeah, good morning. Like that to me, like just blowing me off. And I go, well, I go, I just want you to know. And so I was just praying through the whole drive. You know, God, if, if my marriage is over, please just give me a sign and I will listen to you, God, whatever it is, just please give me a sign. And so the whole way home, I prayed. And so I got home and immediately, you know, he was in the kitchen and I immediately went to him and I'm like, you won't believe this. You won't believe this. I'm like, I won tennis tickets. I won tennis tickets. We can go to the tournament this weekend. And, and so I was devastated because I was kind of like, I really did want to go. And I, but I think I was more devastated because there, there was the sign. Yeah. I had prayed to God to show me a sign and he showed me the sign. So I went into the bathroom, you know, I just go, please excuse me. And I went into the bathroom and, um, did what I did for a year for every night is turned on the the sink and started to cry. Um, because I had known when it was just over and it was now my marriage was completely over and God had given me that sign and I needed to listen to the sign. So went to bed that night, just devastated. You know, I realized that no matter what I had done, what I was doing, it was never going to make it better. He just did not want to be there. And so I was going to have to be the one to say it's over and got up the next morning, got dressed, you know, did my makeup, everything to get to go to work, went in the kitchen and I was like, good morning. And he's like, yeah. And so I go, I just want you to know, um, I'm filing for divorce today. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. And I go, and I want you to have a great day and walked out. Um, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to leave this positive. <laughs> I'm getting I'm a divorce, divorce from you, but have a great day. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, and I wasn't trying to be a smart ass, but I was like, I don't know what else to say. And I wanted right. to hurry and get out because I didn't want any backlash to happen, right. you know, before I went to work that day, because I didn't know how he was going to react. And so I got in the car and as I started driving, um, I just went, thank you, God. I understand now. And so I, when I was driving, I called my mom because she works for some, a big law firm and we pretty much our deepest and closest friends are all attorneys. So they would know how to help me. <laughs> so I told her, I go, I'm leaving him and I need to know how to get out of this because I don't know what to do next. And so, you know, we had some heart to heart conversations where she's like, what's going on? You know, cause it was the first time that anyone in my family had learned that I wanted to leave. They, you know, our family has always said, once you get married, you it's not going to always be roses. Right. Yeah. Well, well, you know, once you're in a relationship it's not always roses you sometimes have to work hard at things um so they and the fact that i was asking for help because i'm not somebody who ever asked for help they were like oh crap she's asking for help something's up and so they stepped in you know and and got the paperwork filing and stuff and i had kept telling him his family his his parents had given me a pretty big check for my birthday and so i was going to return it because i didn't feel right taking the check knowing that i was leaving their son and so i had told him i'm like you have to tell your parents before i send back the check and he's like okay i'll get to it. I'll get to it. So 
I kept telling him for like a whole month, you know, please, because I need to send this check back. And so he goes, okay, well, I had sent a card to his dad with a check in it, you know, just thanking them for all the times that I had, they welcomed me in their home. And, you know, that I was, you know, as, and I had said, I go at this time, I'm sure you already know that we're separating, but I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for welcoming me into your family and your home, you know, for all the holidays and stuff like that. But knowing that I'm leaving or knowing that we're divorcing, I don't feel right taking this check from you. And so I'm returning it. And he never told his parents. So that was the first that they had learned of the divorce. Oh, wow. And I felt horrible because I had thought he had told them and stuff, it, um, received a, a letter back from my ex-father-in-law. Very, very beautiful. Just, you know, we're, we're, we're very sorry that this is ending it. You know, we are quite shocked to get your card and stuff. After the divorce, the, you know, they had said, oh, we hope that you'll keep in touch with us, you know, and stuff. I didn't feel like it was right in case he did date that I would be there. They were very, very kind. You know, his parents were very good to me and very kind. And his dad actually warned him, you know, he, before we had gotten divorced, he goes, you're going to lose her. He goes, trust me. He goes, you're getting ready to lose her. And he, I guess had told his dad, Oh no, no, I'm not. She'll, she'll never leave. And his, <laughs> so they weren't too surprised because they knew that they, 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 they knew that there were some problems and that, you know, I had gotten very quiet in, in the relationship that things were coming, but um, they, you know, thanked me for returning the check, even though they're like, you didn't have to do that. They, his mother had given me some family pendants <coughs> and stuff. So I, you know, had them, you know, FedExed over to them as well, because I just didn't feel right keeping them because I wasn't going to be in their family and they should stay within their family. And, you know, little by little, it was, it was hard because when you're going through everything and you're, you're ending the relationship and, you know, filing the paperwork and returning back to your maiden name, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really like, like I said, nobody comes out of that going, Oh, let's do this again. This is so much fun. <laughs> I you know, really right? just don't you, you go out of it and you're like, Holy crap, my world where you thought something was going to last for forever is now all of the things and it's all of the promises that are broken. It's all of the, you know, the, the things that you expected to build in this relationship with this person and the love that you guys shared is all gone. Right. And so but did it make me stronger? Yeah. Did it, you know, did I really find out what I really wanted in a relationship? Yes. And so for, like I said, for that, I'm always thankful, but it was that, that moment, you know, like I said, I didn't listen to God and that was my own fault because there were times in the relationship before we even got married that there, there were some signs, you know, that God was like, hello, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Right. And it's like my child, wake up. Um, and I just didn't. And so because of it, did I pay some consequences on my own side? Yeah. Did I learn from them? Yes. Did it make me stronger? Yes. And did it make me be more sympathetic to other people that were going through it? Yes. There were a lot of friends that I had that really turned their back because I was leaving him. You know, they always saw the nice gifts he gave me, you know, like for my 30th birthday, he'd sent me 30 long stem red roses and everyone was like, oh my gosh, how could you leave that? We took very nice vacations and stuff, but there was no love there. And right. so that all that stuff is great. But if you don't have a strong foundation, does it really matter? Like, Absolutely. I mean, like really, really matter, you know, if, if, if the guy you're next to, if you can't see building something and you don't respect him or love him, you know, there, it doesn't matter what he's doing for you. What matters is, is how they're treating you. And absolutely some realizations to realize that I was going to be okay. Yes. It was painful. Yes. This was scary because now I was on my own, you know, with, you know, you didn't have that backing of a, of a guy and I was on my own, but I realized through it all that I was okay. Not, I was going to be okay. And I could, I could pick myself up and build it again. 
again and build it stronger than I ever wanted. And so, you know, like when people ask, what did you, are you turned off towards guys? No, because I know some phenomenal guys out there. And, you know, some of my, some of my friends, some of my very, very best friends are guys. And do I believe that God has somebody out there? Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, I will take my time and build myself and wait for him to, because God will, like if I said, if I stay patient, God is going to introduce that, you know, he's working on me. And eventually when we're ready, we will meet. So, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing some deep stuff about your life. I'm Um, a little vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. You did. You're doing awesome. I know people are probably going to listen to this and go, First, they're going to be like, she got through that. Okay. If she can do it, I need to do it. So what she's really saying, right? If you listen, audiences, is don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And you're going to go through struggles or challenges, like I like to call them. But, you know, there's a lesson that you need to learn. And and if you're paying attention, you know, sometimes we have to get knocked up upside the head a few times with a brick or a hand. You know what I mean? That that proverbial God slapped you, you know, you know. And uh, just like that story, you know, the guy that goes through the storm, right? And then he, he sends yeah. the fire department and then he sends a guy on a boat and then he sends a guy in a helicopter when he's sitting on top of his roof, ready to get, you know, overtaken by the water. And then he yeah. dies, right? And he says, God, you didn't help me. He goes, I sent you this, this, and this, and you didn't listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, um, you know, I've gone through, <laughs> through that where it's yeah. just like, <laughs> you know, there's like one of those things, you know, when you have those moments, you're like, duh, okay, God, I get it now. I get it. So, you know, I appreciate you doing that um, for for my audience. And so, as you know, um, you're one of my friends and, you know, I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness. A couple of questions I'd like to ask my guests. We're going to start with fearless, right? And you just kind of gave a great example of being fearless, right? Even though that stuff can be scary, right? So what is your definition of fearless, Katerina? And what does that look like for you on a daily basis? To be fearless is to face your challenges, face the things that you feel could crumble you that could um, destroy you Um, facing, you know, people, people are going to talk no matter what and, you know, ignore what people have to say and to face that fear and to face that challenge. For me, it was, you know, a fear of leaving, you know, what would, what would he do? What would people think? You know, I failed at marriage and stuff, but I had to face it because I had to, you know, in order, if, if I hadn't, you know, I've left. Do I think I would be sitting here with you today? No, you know, I I probably wouldn't have, um, unfortunately, but I faced that fear you know, of being alone again, you know, being on my own again, and I won't say alone, but being on my own again, having to defend for myself again, and to face that, and, you know, like with my brother, you know, and and going through that, you know, being, you know, having your life thrown into the public eye and facing that and stuff, facing the fear of what people might say, facing the fear of how they're going to judge you. It's okay, you know, and, you know, people will always say, well, you're quiet, you do this, you do that, because it's, it was, it makes me happy. And that's where I find my happiness is reflecting and helping others. And that's, you know, just facing that and, and living your life to, you know, whatever is making you feel like it's going to crumble you face it, just it's okay, you know, and, and get out there and, and do that. And, you know, it, will I have other fears in life? Oh, yeah. But now do I feel like I'm a bit stronger to face those fears? Oh, heck, yeah. You know, and did it did it make me stronger to face them? Yeah, but it is it's just you know, living fearless is, is being honest with yourself and being honest with what God presents to you and what life presents to you, the struggles and everything and going through them, no matter how scared you are, no matter what's up against you. And, you know, and to me, that's living fearlessly. I love it because I love that saying, right? If it doesn't kill us, it only grow, makes us grow stronger. And, yes. you know, you yeah, might be, <laughs> right. But it, but when yeah. you're in it, as you know, like sometimes <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Can, okay. God, time out. Can you please yeah. stop? You know, like, yes. give me a 
break. Right. And, uh, but it's true though. I have found that to be so true. If it didn't kill me, it only made me stronger when I finally just face head on. Right. Well, like you said, will we ever become totally fearless? Probably not. Right. And, but you know, like Ted, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt, right? The only thing to fear, or one of the presidents, right? The only thing to fear is fear itself, right? So move through it and go through it. And um, so that was perfect. Thank you so much. So, you know, I, I wrote happiness with a Y, right? And there's a good reason I did that. So, you know, we've had that talk, but what is happiness knowing I put that Y in there mean to you? And how does that show up for you on a daily basis? <laughs> happiness can be like, I love spending time with my mom. She, she is like one of, she's my greatest confidant and truly my best friend. Um, people that are really close to me and are that follow me on Facebook and Instagram. know I call her the chief because she is pretty much the chief um, in our lives, but spending time with my family, being on the water is what makes me happy being in nature. I like being in the mountains, but I also like being at the ocean. And every day is just finding something that makes me happy. It could be seeing tulips. It could be because I love tulips. It could be like literally the other day, somebody paid for my drink ahead of me. And, you know, I don't know who this person was, but it was just their thoughtfulness made me happy. You know, that there's still good people in the world right. and, you know, are, you know, being able like I completed a task. I'm like, yes, we got this going. <laughs> you know, I got something off my list that right. truly makes me happy. You know, going for going or doing my nails at home, you know, because I didn't get to make it to the pedicurist or the manicurist, but being able to still do them at home. Um, last night, one of my happy moments was a client, a new client that we're building a, their brand for turned to me and he goes, I actually feel like I'm going to be authentic because I actually feel like I'm going to be professional because you're making me professional. And I'm like, no, you're doing it yourself. We just took your, what you wanted. And now we're putting it all together for you. And, but the fact that he was excited and he it brought him happiness to his life and his business and what he can give to his employees made me happy, you know, and that just the little things to make this world a better place makes me happy. I have a thing on my computer at home. It says at the end of each day, I ask myself, what did I do today to make this world a better place? And I have a jar that I put that answer into, you know, like, what did I do? What was the one task I, I do? And that's what, you know, to me is like happiness, like being on a surfboard, you know, being in the ocean, being in SoCal sometimes at Newport Beach, that kind of <laughs> stuff just really, really happy, you know, being in nature and stuff, listening to other people and, you know, like whether I'm at a mastermind or if I'm listening to other people tell their stories, that also makes me happy. I feel inspired and rejuvenated and all of that kind of stuff, you know, of, of dealing with it. The fact that I'm healing and I'm becoming a better version of myself, that makes me happy, you know, yeah. that I'm actually being able to go farther than what my dad ever thought, you know, um, to go farther than my parents went, to go farther than my grandmother went, you know, it makes me happy that, you know, I can still continue to lay, I have a lot of cousins under me that I want to be a good example for them, you know, right. and let them know that, you know, that they can accomplish anything in their life. So awesome. That is so amazing. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So before we part, right, there's a couple of things I want to ask you. So if people want to find you, Katerina, and work with you, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on um, Instagram or Facebook under Golden Shores Communications or Katerina Martin. I'm on Instagram as the real Katerina Martin because there's a couple of them out there. <laughs> so <laughs> I came up with that. But you can find us at goldenshorescommunications.com or Katerina at goldenshorescommunications.com. And we'd love to help you. Like if you are building a business or wanting just to build your presence out in the in the marketplace, we would love to help you awesome. and make it authentic for you. So yeah. Sweet. She's amazing, everybody. Trust me. I know firsthand. So I'm just, you know, a little, little push there. <laughs> Before we part ways, what is one piece of advice you could give the audience that would help them, as we say, not move on, but move forward with whatever 
is going on in their life. One of the one of my favorite quotes that I came up with is um, the the world is full of possibilities or life is full of possibilities once you open your mind. And what that means is once you face your fear, once you realize that you really have no limitations except for your own limitations. It doesn't matter what people think of you. It doesn't matter what people are going to say about you. Um, it doesn't matter what they how they're going to judge you because that's on them. That's not that doesn't reflect you. But open your mind and believe in yourself that you can do it. Anything you want to do, um, and don't hurt other doing it you know just live in your own own you know stay in your own lane and do your own thing and you're going to reach everything that you've ever wanted to there's going to be things that are going to be thrown at you but that's okay get over the speed bump and keep going and you know what i mean and it, it is it's it i can honestly say that from my own experiences um because i used to let a lot of people what they what they felt of me how they you know what they would say about me affect me and now i'm like okay well that's your opinion and that's great but that's not the truth um i know who i am and it's, it's finding that and so once you open your mind to anything, you know, stay true to yourself, stay true to your morals and, and what you believe in yourself and your values, your core values, and just knock it out of the park and accomplish yeah. anything because you have that power. Yeah, that's awesome. Because that's one of the, the one of my favorite things I learned. And one of the sayings I learned after I got sober, right, was to thine own self be true, right? Yes. And as long as I do yes. that, and I'm authentic with myself or true to myself and honest with myself, I'm going to be able to do the same with other people, right? So people yes. get to see me, you know, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, Instagram, you know, whatever you see, that's the same guy you're going to see when you meet him yes. in person, right? And and that's what matters, right? Integrity and meaning what I say and say what I mean. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Katarina, for well, being a guest. Thank you for having me. This was actually fun. Yeah, it was, I told you it wasn't so bad. I no, really wasn't. appreciate you taking the time. I know you got such a busy schedule, but thank you again for being a guest. Thank you were you. amazing. You were awesome. So have a beautiful day. Thank you.